because it's not ready to roll. Okay. Perfect timing. But, I start recording as as you said, but you know, whatever. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Space Time Taco. I am one of your hosts, Chris, aka Time Lord Burrito, and I'm the other host, Nate, aka a little teapot. Uh, yeah, hectic, hectic weekend. I don't know. Nothing goes. Stuff happens. You know. Sometimes good. For instance, this weekend. Um, kind of. I don't know. Whatever. Um, uh, so I want to change things up a little bit. Um, we have not moved to a format, formatted format for this podcast because we're, we're we working on it. It's formatted it's, the format. It's a it's a process. I promise we will get there. You know, a hundred and forty some episodes in, we'll get there. Um, <laughs> But no, uh, I, I want to get the news out of the way, you know, because st- I feel like we start on the fun shit. And usually the only reason there's anything good after the news is because of, like, spoilery stuff. And I feel like we're not going to go into spoiler territory, really. Um, so stick with us for the boring shit. And by, by boring shit, I mean some of it's fun. Let's get through some, some quick news. Um, some of it a little bit bigger. Some of it depressing. Some of it fucking weird as shit. Um... I don't know where to start. Let's just start from the beginning. Nate, have you heard that uh, PlayStation is finally going to try and compete with Game Pass? I heard about that uh, a couple weeks ago um, from from the article you posted that I read earlier. It just I, I get that every company wants to do something different, mm-hmm. but when one company has set the bar and your company just isn't willing to cross that bar because you're so concerned about what it could do to the one thing you've got going for your console, which is exclusivity. Yeah. Then you're not starting off on the right foot, in my opinion. I mean, at the end of the day, if PlayStation really wants to get people on their side, if they want people to go out and buy PS5s, one, make the fucking <laughs> thing so people can buy them. All right, we, we can't put that on them. It's not their fault. Um <laughs> That's a whole other thing. Uh, but, but for the people that do have access to the consoles already. Yeah. Uh, but but no. also make it so do what Xbox is doing. Your first party game should be on that service. I mean, I get it. God of War Ragnarok going to be a big, big launch, you know, for Spider-Man Sony. 2, Wolverine, all those. Yes. All um, that stuff's going to be huge. But, you know, what would make me want to go out and pick up a PS5 that day when that service launched is knowing that their brand new exclusive titles are going to be on that service. Yeah. So it what we what we're talking about is it doesn't have a full name yet, but uh, it is Sony's not Game Pass Game Pass com- competitor, uh, codenamed Spartacus. Um, it is supposed to be revealed later this week, um, or in the yeah in this coming week, um, and like just some quick little bits, just because I'm I'm not gonna search through the article again because you know I'm lazy. Um, that's another thing. I'm trying to work on that. <laughs> but uh, some quick bits that Nebelian, you know, everybody's favorite tweeter, um, pulled out was that it, it's going to be debuting with the splashy lineup of hit games, which sounds like all those games that probably they gave away for PS Plus that one time um, at launch of PlayStation uh, or the PlayStation 5, which is all the uh, Uncharted's, the the Last of Us is the original, probably at this point. The, the first of the new God of War series. Um, my mind's blanking on all the other current 
PlayStation titles because I sadly I don't get to play them. Um, just out of out of <laughs> inability to <laughs> get it <laughs> money wise, mm-hmm. uh, and the fact that you can't get a PlayStation Five anywhere unless you like murder someone. Well. I helped. No, 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 no. We're not. I, I make enough murder <laughs> comments. We're going to skip by that. Um, but no. So supposedly it is going to be basically combining the what exists now with PS Now and PS Plus, uh, with a multiple tier system. Um, and mm-hmm. the most expensive tier is going to give you access. And this is what fucking blows my mind. Uh, the most expensive tier gives you access to demos and the ability to stream games. Um, you know the thing that I'm already paying fifteen dollars a month and have access to, along with everything else on. Uh, Game Pass. So you know, eh, well, I, I think they need to let the game streaming thing go because I don't know, PlayStation started this very early on with the PS4's launch of how they're going to have this whole social space built into the console and allow you to stream directly through uh, through PlayStation and stuff like that. At the end of the day, if you're not streaming on a social media platform, be it Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, you're 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 selling yourself short. You're you're cutting off your reach to a lot of potential viewers. I mean, that's where people are going to go to stream. Why am I going to pay Sony to stream from my console when I can hook up a capture card and do it for no, free? No, 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 no. Not not that kind of stream. I mean, they they oh. like mean game streaming. Game streaming. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Stream games like um, like uh. Well, in all honesty, it, oh, you know, what? I didn't put it on a list of things I'm playing. Xbox, the cloud, the cloud stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Which, in my opinion, is probably the best version of game streaming that I've I've had gotten my hands on so far. Because um, mm-hmm. I actually randomly, I mean, it's it's more like I don't really play first person shooters. We're gonna get into that later today. Um, but the type of games I I do play do a lot of times require precision because um, it's a lot of platforming kind of stuff, a lot of beat 'em up kind of side scrolling. Uh, live die repeaty kind of games uh, but i did recently play uh oh, I can't, it's like young souls or something it was a new game pass game and i was gonna install it and then of course i pulled pulled the xbox or turned the xbox on and it's like oh hey you can s- just stream this game and i did that i backed out and i like completely forgot that i had done it through streaming um because it just <laughs> felt like a nor it felt like it was running fully installed on like on the console mm-hmm. um and yes, I do. We do have pretty good internet here, um, so yeah, obviously that helps. Uh, but and I've, I've talked in the past that mobile gaming, just on the phone, on my phone with phone network, has been incredible. Like playing fucking Sea of Thieves, that's my go-to. Felt no different than playing with a controller, besides the fact that I was using my thumbs to control my character. Um, yeah. But no, I I think. The fact that they include demos, demos in the higher tier, mm-hmm. like if anything, I would lock the newer games if if I was going to do a tiered system for PlayStation. Mm-hmm. I would I would lock those first day and date releases. That is where I would put the the highest tier gets day and date. Um, mm-hmm. That would make not sense, but more sense, I guess, than what they have where they're talking about the key difference being biggest PlayStation titles won't be day one. Um, I mean, if I'm being realistic about this, the the issue is having a tiered system in and of itself. Having a tiered system means that you are 
you're trying to pass off something as consumer friendly when really what you're doing is you're separating and alienating large parts of your player base. I mean, if they want to give you access to demos, demos should be at the lowest possible tier. No, fucking demos, demos should be free. I'm sorry. Well, demos, yeah, demos should, should have be. always been free. But demos are what get people interested in playing the titles, right? And if you give me access to demos up front, then that may incentivize me to go ahead and buy into the subscription service. But making it a tiered system means that I have to consider, okay, how much a month do I really want to spend on this? What kind of value am I getting out of this monthly spending? Am I going to upgrade it later? You know, so on and so forth. When do it the way Xbox does it. Package it all as one inclusive price and just let everybody have, well, two, but let everybody have access to the entire thing. Um, You know what? Now I think about it. Sorry to interrupt you again, but it, mm-hmm. it really feels like technically Xbox does have a tiered system. Um, mm-hmm. I believe when you have when you I I believe the the streaming is just included with gold at this point the game the game streaming. Um, mm-hmm. But if you look at it in that aspect, if you want to look at how they could possibly be doing a tiered system that kind of similar is similar to place or to xboxes xbox mm-hmm. still has games with gold or not games with it is still just gold right mm-hmm. they haven't yes. eliminated just gold at this point no um so you have the gold monthly subscription which is just deals on games and your free three three or four games a month um mm-hmm. then you have game pass which just includes the library of games and then you have game pass ultimate which includes mm-hmm. Everything from gold, everything from Game Pass streaming, everything from uh, PC streaming, and I don't know. I, I got to look into it more because I, I, the moment Game Pass became a thing, I immediately went to the the fifteen dollars a month thing because I'm like, that's worth it to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. But it's it's about the value. <laughs> He's sneezing. It's about the. Uh... I muted myself, so that didn't have to be <laughs> super noticeable in the audio. Thank you, Nate. <laughs> well, it's... I mean, I think what Sony has to consider is what kind of value they're really offering to their consumers, just like what Xbox did. Xbox... I mean, we know the history of the Xbox One launch and how unfriendly to the consumer that that initially was going to be the way they initially planned that out um and then once the outcry came they had to do a complete 180 on it because they just weren't going to have a successful console otherwise um and now they've realized that by they can still manage to be a profitable company by offering customers a lot more value in in their service and by making their service better each time they iterate on Xbox Live, it gets a little bit better than it used to be. Um, I mean, I just, I, I'm really confused what Sony is thinking, what their executives are doing when they greenlight these plans. Um, I feel like there's a massive detachment somewhere between Sony and their average, the average PlayStation, you know, buyer, basically. I just saw a cat's tail again. I don't know <laughs> um, what you're talking about. You definitely didn't see shit. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't think it's going to be, if they launch it in this way, I don't think it's going to be a successful program. I'm sure the Sony fanboys will be on board, but I don't expect it to bring in anybody new yeah, it, into it's, Sony. It's definitely something that, yes, it'll 
at first, it'll seem like a success to them because of the fact that uh, the people that are diehard Sony people and the people that just already have the the system anyway will be like, oh, okay, cool, I'll just get this. Um, I I from everything I have seen. Obviously, we haven't seen the library. We don't really know exactly how up-to-date and new things are going to be, um, or game-wise. Uh, but depending on that, I see that there may be a big drop-off of all those things. Um, and now he has decided to sit squarely in front of my notes, so I can't see anything. Thank you, Cooper. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, we always have a guest appearance. Usually later in the night, but it yeah. is late enough in the night for us to record that he's already high on annoying, he's a very annoying cat. boy. Yeah, I'm just gonna do this. I'm gonna put it. I just switch screens, doing it with like like that way. I do what I need to. <laughs> all right, jeez. Um, yeah. So yeah, PlayStation not Game Pass coming. More information coming this week. Uh, hey, cool. I'll can update. Maybe I'll put a little thing out, being like, oh hey, it's not as bad as we thought it was gonna be. Um, speaking of things that are going to be as bad as they, they actually are, um, Xbox announced a new limited console. I believe it's a, a like giveaway kind of console um, for for Sonic 2, the movie. Um, Nate, have you seen the new con- Sonic controllers? Did I you just? I, w- I want them. You want them? <laughs> yes. All right. For those of you that don't know, Nate is actually a furry. Um I'm not a furry, but these controllers definitely are very furry. Very um, much. No, so I have actually collected a lot of Xbox special edition controllers for Xbox One. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've still got a, like an old Titanfall controller lying around. Um, but this is something that's just like off the fucking chain goofy. Yes. Like, I don't ever expect to play a game with these. I just want them as a display piece to say... I have this ridiculous thing they decided to put out. <laughs> yeah, I guess that makes sense. Um, so yeah, I want to just bloop, hit the right button. That'd be great. Um, yeah, so just pulling up the actual image for the yeah, well, it's the Series S. So the console is a Series S because they needed to have the ring on the front of the console. Hey, I mean, it makes sense. I I only have a Series S. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. just gonna do that. Um, I mean, if I had to pick one, <laughs> as much as I love Knuckles, I would definitely be going with the with the uh, the Sonic one. I like the color blue more mm-hmm. than red. Um, they are literally they just Xbox Series or Xbox One controllers, um, with fur. Yeah, all over. Buttons are still seeable, kinda, um, but it's just blue it and red fur. I I just I would not recommend ever trying to play a game with like I know how sweaty my hands get. Could you imagine the grind that just yeah. accumulates in that? Uh, and that's the thing. Like I, I actually, um, uh, our friend slash ex boss, uh, Ian Bonds. Um, that's not doxing. He's a he's a performer, so his name is out there. Uh, check him out. Insane Ian. He wore he borrowed a shirt for a music video once. Um, uh, but yeah, he uh, he commented saying that. Because I said, whose idea was this? Who was this for on Twitter? And he said, furries. Um, I'm like, why? And then he said, <laughs> if anybody knows how to, ke- have, how to keep them clean, it would be furries. And I'm like, he's not <laughs> wrong. 
I'm I was mad at him. I was very upset with the answer, but he's not wrong. Um, that is true. And I, I mean, I don't know. It, again, they are nice in the sense of I would get them and hang them up and never fucking touch them. Hey, man. I mean, you want to talk ridiculous special editions? You got to remember that there is an Xbox Series X by Gucci. What? Yeah. <laughs> There's an Xbox Series X by Gucci that costs $10,000. Okay, give me one moment. It comes with a custom case with Gucci print on it. It's black still, so it's not like weird Gucci print. Um, it comes in a custom piece of Gucci luggage that says Xbox on it and two custom Gucci controllers. Okay, okay. Uh, not the greatest image that is about to be pulled up, but um, hold on. Let me just do this. Boom. There you go. Okay. That's that's a choice. Yeah. See, it's I a thousand dollar choice. I hate the control. Cooper, Cooper, are you sniffing my camera? It, I mean, it comes with, at the very least, it comes with a uh, Xbox Game Pass Ultimate subscription as well. For how long? <laughs> it doesn't say. Mm-hmm. See, if it was like a year still not fucking mm -hmm. worth it um there is not an i unless it was like a lifetime fucking subscription i do not think there would be i, I would never spend that much money on an, a well, console they released this as a collab for the house of gucci film oh that makes mm. yep that makes sense i guess uh oh side I note mean... um real quick just to say we are recording currently as the oscars are happening um, and disappointingly, uh, two things happened. One, um, they, they didn't, they decided that, uh, animation doesn't mean shit. So they actually relegated that to just tweet, tweet po or posts on Twitter. Uh, they didn't actually mm -hmm. say it or have the big reveal on the show. Um, mm -hmm. but, uh, Encanto won for best anime feature, which in my opinion, I mean, it's great. It's a really good movie, but, uh, in my opinion, Mitchell versus the Machine should have won because it was incredible. Mm. If you haven't watched Mitchell's versus v Mitchell versus the Machines, fucking watch it. Um, but yeah, uh, back to actual things we're we're supposed to be talking about. Um, yeah, so new Ghostbusters game got announced, um, which you know at first I'm like, oh cool, Ghostbusters. I love Ghostbusters. There there was one really good one about. Oh, it was over a decade ago at this point. Um, God, I just remember that. That game was great. Ghostbusters 3 or 2.5 or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. But no, they announced a new Ghostbusters game that is uh, not your standard Ghostbusters game. Uh, <laughs> it is... What's that? Asymmetric, right? When it's Isometric. No, no, no. Asymmetric. Um, asymmetric like, multiplayer? Yeah. Yep. It is an asymm asymmetric multiplayer game where it is four Ghostbusters versus one ghost. Mm -hmm. uh, and I gotta be honest, it looks great, but I know I will never play it because of that. I am just not a fan of those kind of games. Um, mm -hmm. Like, I barely like Dead by Daylight. I'm sorry to all of my friends that absolutely <laughs> love that. I understand. Just personally. Um, but the cool thing 
to someone like me, and I'm sure to you, kind of, I don't know, um, long-time Ghostbuster fans uh, and internet personality and actor. Um, I'm splitting up these two separate people. One's an internet personality. Well, both of them mm-hmm. technically are. Uh, the other one is an actor. Um, but Raul Coley from yep. iZombie and Greg Miller from Kind of Funny and a whole bunch of other shit. He's voiced so many characters in like uh, Lego in the Lego games. Um, are supposed to be doing voices for it. So, at the very least, I'm going to at least watch videos of people playing as their characters so I can hear that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I, I'm glad that we now have, and it happens every time a new movie comes out. Um, sadly, the one that came out with the last, the previous movie was not a good game from what I heard. Did you ever play the, the Ghostbusters game that came out after the, um, the alternate universe version? I did not. I just heard it was pretty mid. Yeah. Um, ooh, mid, that's giving it some credit. Um, <laughs> but no, I, uh, I I like that whenever we get a new Ghostbusters like revitalization, we get a new game. I, I like mm-hmm. the idea of them attempting this every once in a while. Because um, I feel like, especially after that, that first game, there is some good quality that can come out of a Ghostbusters game. Um, mm-hmm. Well, the... The thing about making a game out of something that's established, right, is I've been playing Guardians of the Galaxy over the past week, and it's a fantastic game. Mm-hmm. Um, what makes it fantastic is the way they adapt both original source material from comic books and the inspiration from the films. Because yeah. they take those two things and blend them very, very well. Um but it's also about mechanics. How do you take what you see normally on a screen and turn that into a fun and interesting game mechanic, right? And so, like, with uh, the last Alien games that came out, uh, Fireteam Elite or something like that, I forget the actual name of it. Yeah. Um, basically, they took the idea of, you want to be a badass space marine who kills a bunch of aliens, and that's what you do in the game. And they just gave you cool abilities and guns to do that with. Um. So, and speaking on Alien franchise games in general, Alien mm-hmm. um, Isolation, fucking incredible. Um, yeah. Like I yes, I didn't get that far because I'm a scared little baby <laughs> when it comes to games. Um, but still, what I played of that, I'm like, this makes yeah. me feel like I'm in an Alien movie, like the the good ones. Because okay, I'm sorry, I don't like the action ones. I like mm-hmm. I like the horror aspect of Alien. Um, I mean that's fine. At the end of the day, they just have to find a way to take. They have to find a way to take things like, you know, the ghost guns and the ghost trap and you know stuff like that, and then turn that into an interesting game mechanic in some way. Um, you know, if it's asymmetric multiplayer, I assume there's going to be, you know, different character classes with different Ghostbusters. There's going to be, you know, different ghosts with different abilities as well. That's pretty much the staple of asymmetric multiplayer games. Can um, you just imagine like? A Ghostbusters phasmophobia, like it yeah. takes the idea of the ghost hunt from phasmophobia and remove. It's still scary. It still has a level level of fear. No death, obviously, because you know you, we can't have mm-hmm. Ghostbusters dropping because <laughs> uh, that's like every fucking mission. Uh, <laughs> just dropping um, bodies. <laughs> they just get scared and they like get lo- they lock themselves in the in the van or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I I would love something like that. Um, it could work out. I don't know. 
you, you, we'll have you check it out because you like those games more than us, any of the rest of us, right? <laughs> I mean, for the most part, yes. I, I mean, when it comes to things like Dead by Daylight, I really don't enjoy that game at all. Really? <laughs> yeah. It's. I'm sorry. The premise is of it, it is because a little... you can't do anything. Well, no. I mean, the premise of it is a little annoying. I get that it's supposed to be, you know, inspired by horror movies and things like that, but I mean, the fact of the matter is. Nine times out of ten, the villain is going to win most matches because you're just See, completely overpowered. That's not. I've seen <laughs> so many people. Like I, I've been in so many games where the people win, or seen so many games where the people win. I, I think if you don't play that much, I don't think you see how actually how not easy, but how often you can win as survivors. Because um, mm. that that I get you, again. I not the biggest fan don't play the most of that game but i at least see i see and understand why people enjoy it um yeah uh but that's also like i i want to give more of those kind of games a chance the more horror side mm -hmm. ones um because there's a newer one i think i believe it's called vhs which is like an, an 80s style version of that um where you do have abilities and can fight back a little bit more uh, and then there's Prop Night, which is basically just Dead by Daylight mashed with uh, Prop Hunt, um, which looks really fun. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember if I bought it or not, but I know I, I you know, no, I keep getting notifications being like, hey, it's on sale again. I'm like, oh, uh, maybe if I can find people that actually play. Um, but yeah. I mean, I mean, they introduced that in Prey where, like, you can mm. be mimics, so... <laughs> Yeah, like it's, it's the scariest thing when you're playing through prey and like a coffee cup is trying to kill you. <laughs> God damn, that is that was a fun game. I never beat that one either. Again, scared little baby, because um, that that really is like that took a s similar gameplay style because you get the abilities and all that similar game gameplay style as um, Dishonored because made by Arcane. Um, mm -hmm. It adds that more horror aspect to it. Because uh, even Dishonored had spooky bits. Not like straight up horror, but definitely not no. the uh, the brightest of worlds to play in. Um, no. I mean, it was a very much very much a dystopian world you played in both games. And there was spooky stuff in it. But I think the flip side of Dishonored, where Prey, you're more of the victim mm -hmm. of horror. And Dishonored, you kind of are the horror movie villain. Yeah. <laughs> You it, weirdly mm. enough, you, I mean, yeah, straight up, you were mm. wronged, and then decide to take it upon yourself, not yeah. by yourself, well, but you know. I mean, even before the story starts, you're the most badass assassin in the fucking world. So, <laughs> yep. Who definitely fucked the Empress? Um, hey man, just cause Some... he. He's good at stabbing. Is that what you were going to say? He's good at stabbing? Yeah, he's good at stabbing, yes. Stabbing and thrusting and plunging. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Nate, while you're plunging and thrusting, um, why don't you move on to, to, to your news? <laughs> well, Cyberpunk just had a massive update and continues to have some pretty massive updates. Um, but the biggest patch was 1.5, which happened, I want to say, two or three weeks ago at this point. Um and a lot of people are enjoying some of the additions that they've put into the game. Um, of course, a lot of bug fixes. There is more life now in the world of Cyberpunk than there was before. Um, 
one of the big things that people made sort of a stink about in sort of the original build of the game is the way the police work and how basically if you commit a crime, um, the police kind of just spawn out of nowhere on top of you. But in turn, they make no effort to catch you if you start running away. <laughs> um, if you just jump in a vehicle and drive far enough away, you can basically avoid any encounters with the police at all. Okay. Um, there was no concept of the police like jumping in vehicles and trying to chase you around the city or anything. Um, that still does not happen, but what they've added is sort of more ambience to the game. So as you're driving around, you will see the police chase other criminals driving through the city. Um, so just random encounter police chases occur. Um, they've updated NPCs as well, so there's more clothing and body varieties in the NPCs. Because there were occasions where you could like walk down a street and see ten of the exact same NPC walking down the street. Um, they've updated the driving to be better handling and to yeah. I heard something about the cars bit... not doing stupid mm -hmm. shit anymore. Yeah. Well, a lot of times the physics were just broken in the game. They had a one of the major things to work out with bugs is of course when you make an open world game is meshes and colliders. Um. So, for example, in Unity Engine, if I take two what they call rigid body objects, and I have all the rest of normal physics turned on, normal gravity, all that stuff turned on, and I try to stick those two things inside of each other, the game goes, there's no physical way these two things should be inside of each other, and launches them apart at the, literally the fastest possible way it can. <laughs> and so this would sometimes happen in Cyberpunk, where you maybe see a car on the road, but it's glitched into the ground, so... You know, in a few seconds, that car takes off into space. Um, <laughs> there are other weird gl glitches and gaps in colliders where you could sneak into places on the map you weren't supposed to go to. One of the biggest ones that I found out was um, there's a unique sword you can only get in one of the very first missions, and you can never backtrack to that area again. But you can basically just glitch your way up to the top of that tower and get that sword later on. <laughs> um Okay. It requires a lot of katana swinging, apparently. <laughs> um, I was going to say, is it anything like um, getting through the like master lock by having dog meat just take the freeze gun out? <laughs> it's the weirdest fucking glitch. No, there's um, overall the game is a lot more well put together. They added some new animations for some of the cyber mods, like the mantis blades have new animations on them now. Um, they did some balancing changes as well to make combat a little less feel like a clusterfuck sometimes because when you get enough enemies on top of you in cyberpunk you are more or less just dead no matter what you do oh yeah so it, it didn't matter if you had like specced into say being a tank you would just die period um but no they've added some more stuff in it they've changed some of the ai behaviors now um one of the biggest issues with stealth in the game is ai seemingly just knowing you're in a room for no particular reason no matter how how well you snuck into that room no matter how well you've avoided them they just happen to know where you are um that's always fun so they've changed they've changed a lot of things and the game is at least in a far more playable state than it used to be um that being said cyberpunk is an interesting and gorgeous game um just to look at but uh <laughs> you're doing so good bud just laying down. <laughs> I love you so much, dude. Just this perspective. His perfectly positioned. <laughs> Just whoop. Hey, Coop. Hey, come here. Say hi. 
<laughs> but anyway, um, I don't know. I, I wouldn't say like Cyberpunk is a game that everyone definitely needs to buy like right now and play. Mm-hmm. It's still not. It's still not on its way to being like a must must have title. Um, but who knows? I, I guess we just have to wait and hopefully they keep fixing things as time goes on. I mean, hell, look at um, look at uh, fuck, what my mind is blanking on the name of it right now. Um, no Man's Sky, No Man's mm-hmm. Sky went from uh, the one of the worst launches to people fucking still obsess over that game. Um, and I wish more people would give it a chance. In all honesty, uh, but yeah, you know, good for them. I'm glad they're working on that. Um, funny, funnily enough, though, uh, our last bit of news. <laughs> Is uh, that CD Projekt Red announced the next Witcher. Mm-hmm. Officially announced that they are working on... Um, it's not called The Witcher 4. I'm jokingly calling it The Witcher 4. Um, but it's a new... They're calling it... Well, alright. The tag that we've seen so far is just The Witcher, A New Saga Begins. Um, mm-hmm. But they are teaming with... Or have they have a multi-year... Stri- what, how, they, yeah, they list it as a... Uh, the beginning of a multi-year strategic partnership with Epic Games. Um that it is going to be developed with Unreal Engine 5. Um, so it's going to look pretty as fuck. Um, yep. I don't know if horses are going to end up on top of uh, on houses or whatever, but, you know. Um, <laughs> Roach was not a horse. Roach was an elder's whore. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, that's, that's cool. I'm glad that they are working on that. People love those games. Really, Maji? You know, you're jumping on my yeah. other desk and knocking shit over? I don't know. Well, interesting bit of lore from the little reveal image that they have up. Um, Is this something about cats? It's the school of the cat. Okay. So, witchers come from different schools, and, like, Geralt was school of the wolf. Um, and so, this one looks like we may be focused on a school of the cat uh, witcher. I feel like they're more, like, stealthy. Well, at least from a gameplay perspective in Witcher 3, yes, because you could get you get sets of gear for each Witcher school in that game to equip. And so the School of the Cat was a more stealthy, sort of fast, a lot of light attacks, a lot of quick movements, dodging, things like that. They basically just added buffs to how fast you could be. Okay. Um, I went with School of the Bear gear because it turned you into a freaking tank who could just eat damage and deal it out massively. But, um, no, I'm excited. I, I enjoyed Witcher 3, and hopefully being on unreal engine 5 will make this game even better yeah um but yeah that's cool I, i'm happy for a lot of, i know a lot of people that are huge fans um i tried couldn't get into it i love the show i'm excited mm-hmm. for it we got another prequel or we could get it's like a prequel or a side story i can't remember um but coming to netflix later this year actually um mm-hmm. so yeah i'm excited so nate we we've played a lot this week uh, so mm-hmm. I'm gonna we're gonna hold off on games to the end because that's like where the most spoilery not spoilery but the things we want to focus on the most I feel like this week. Um, but this this week itself, watching stuff, man, I have blasted through some content. Um, so in the two weeks that it has been since the last time we recorded, um, I have personally been patiently waiting for the new issue or chapter of one piece um again not gonna say spoilers i'm going to say that it ho ho um 
there's a lot of people in the on the internet being like well okay cool what what now what the hell is the point of the thing now and i'm like he there's so much still there's so much left there's so much that needs to be done and that he can do and he can do so fuck all of you um and that's what i'm going to leave with that but because i did not i had a severe lack of one piece man this is like 2019 chris would just be so confused about my what I'm talking about right now. <laughs> no, sorry, 2020, because I read this in 2021. Um, 2020, 20, 2020, Chris still had no interest. He tried. He tried really hard to get into it. Got up to getting the first four, four members on the crew and just couldn't. The show just could not hold him. Um, but goddamn, man, I One Piece has immediately become like important <laughs> as dumb <laughs> as that sounds um but because of the lack because they had the whole the week off kind of thing um i started watching the movies uh i started with um one piece strong world because it is now on netflix uh if you know nothing about one piece um hell fuck even if you've never watched a single episode of it i would say watch it it's an enjoyable film the movies have nothing to do with the show um, the only thing that changes in the movies is that as the series has progressed, the other characters have joined and they can do the abilities that they have depending on where that movie has come out in the series. Um, mm-hmm. and I, it's just a fun, fun watch. All of them, all of them that I've watched so far, I have watched Strong World, which is on Netflix, um, Gold, now I'm trying to remember it all. Z, Gold, and Stampede. Um, mm-hmm. At this point, after watching those four, Stampede may be my favorite. Um, I don't think there's a dub of it yet. I watched the the sub. Uh, but there's parts of that movie that just like give me this gave me the same feeling and sensation of reading of reading the the show or the the manga. Um, so I highly recommend it if you if you have not watched the movies and you are a fan of the series I highly recommend it if you've never watched or cared about One Piece I would at least give uh, I'd give that movie a shot it's fun um, I mean hell people go see random anime movies in theaters all the time why not see one of the longer running anime not longest because fuck man there are a lot of long ass running anime um, <laughs> uh, but yeah highly recommend um what have you been watching, Nate? Uh, well, um, went back to Disney Plus and watched Turning Red, um, which is a pretty good movie. Um, I had watched it because I told you to. Of well, <laughs> because you told me to, but also because of um, controversy surrounding the film even before its release. <sighs> Um, and specifically controversy surrounding a quote-unquote particular art style. I have to put it in quotes because people keep claiming it's an art style, even though, like, it's not the thing they think it is. Um, but, um, regardless, I mean, Turning Red is a good film. It focuses on an aspect of just regular everyday growing up that I don't think a lot of films tackle that well. Um, and turning red does it pretty, pretty good. 
Um, on top of that, it's another unique sort of Pixar Dixie Disney hybrid um, where there's no big bad evil guy to fight. There's no main antagonist to go after or anything like that. Um, it just focuses on interactions between characters and how sometimes that can lead them to conflict. People um, people joked saying that it's just hmm. uh, another movie that's dealing with um, generational trauma to some extent. Hmm. Uh, I mean, it does. To a certain extent, yes. Um, different kind of trauma, different kind of expectations yeah. set by family kind of thing, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, for those of you who don't know and... I mean, just just to put it in a word, in a few words, the movie is about dealing with puberty, <laughs> like straight up. Um, all the feelings that come with it, the, you know, that moment where you're like ill girls, ill boys, and then you have that moment where you see someone, and then all of a sudden, all your hormones kick in, <laughs> and you just can't help it. Um, you go from ew to ooh. Yeah. <laughs> um. You know, the other moments where your hormones are just causing you to act what you think is irrational. <laughs> um, like a monster or another creature. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, overall, it's a movie I'd recommend. It's, well, at least on my scale, it's odd 4 out of 5. <laughs> cool. What did I give it? I can't remember. Probably gave it a 4 out of 5, too. Um, mm-hmm. Something that, and I, I mentioned, I've mentioned, I think I mentioned it last time I, I talked about it at all. Um, the fact that it stars a 13-year-old in the year 2022 was perfect to me. And I'm sure for you, too, because we, guess what? We were 13 in 2022. That's how <laughs> math works. It, this movie <laughs> took place at the exact same point as our lives occurred. Um, and I, th- I, I just, to me, that I love when movies, like, I had no idea. I didn't know it was a, I didn't know it was not a, like, present day set movie until i watched the thing mm-hmm. like even though it, it the uh well, the friend group picking... is obsessed with the the um the boy band i'm like aren't boy bands still a thing are boy bands not a thing anymore is it only k-pop boy bands are those the those the only important ones anymore well i mean they're not as big of a thing as they were during that time period late 90s early 2000s but i started picking up on other little things to give you hints to the time period the movie takes place in um for example, the fact she carries a Tamagotchi everywhere. I mean, Tamagotchis were a big toy back then. Not so much now. They're more of a nostalgia buy than anything else. Um, but then I saw a CRT TV in their kitchen. <laughs> and I'm like, there's only two reasons you own a CRT TV these days. You're a nerd or you're poor. <laughs> well, no, I gotta be honest. You... If you're poor, you can't <laughs> afford a fucking CRT right now. Probably. <laughs> But it's not something that you have set. You still have set up in your kitchen for your family to watch. Now I'm not being an asshole to Nate, but I will point out that the real thing that lets you know when this movie is set is the fact that there is a calendar that says 2022 in it, or sorry, 2002 in it. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> Didn't see that. <laughs> um, but no, I I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm excited to see more coming from. So this is a big thing. This is the second... Um, it was greenlit by uh, Lasseter, but this is the second movie... I think it's the second... Yeah, the second Pixar movie to, to be worked on and finalized after John Lasseter's left. And uh, mm-hmm. Pete, Pete Doctor, I believe his name is, uh, that took over. Um, and you can kind of see 
that Lasseter had a little bit more of a, a grip on the Pixar style, the the Pixar way of making movies, where now Pete Doctor's like, no, continue to make your vision, do your thing. Um, and that came through for me, and that part is partly why I enjoyed the movie as much as I did, I think. Um, I like mm-hmm. that. I like people getting to do their thing. I don't, as much as I love the Marvel movies, absolutely love the Marvel movies, when directors get the opportunity to do th- opportunity to do things their way, it turns out great. Look at fucking, uh, fucking Thor 3. Best Thor. Only good Thor. Yeah. Until Thor and 4. 4. Hopefully Love and Thunder will be better. Better? Oh, man. That's a... That's a bar to jump, man. Um, it is. <laughs> but I'm glad that they're they've given Thor the ability to actually be a character. <laughs> yeah. Um and not had to bleach his eyebrows. Yeah. That was a weird choice. Um but yeah. I'm excited to see what we get. Obviously we have what looks like the most serious Still, still, kids movie after the more recent trailers, but one of the more serious uh, Pixar movies coming up with Lightyear. Lightyear looks like it is a little bit darker than Pixar has gone before, um, mm-hmm. so I'm excited for that too. That is in June, I think. That's the next one. I don't think there's anything before that. Um, but yeah, Nate. Okay, so you know what? Let me. No, go ahead. What? What? What's Kate? Is Kate the <laughs> Kate the movie with? Um... Ramona Flowers? Uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yes, Kate is a movie that stars Mary Elizabeth Winstead, uh, Miku Martineau, and Woody Harrelson. And a um, whole bunch of other actors that if you watch mm-hmm. a lot of television, you would recognize. Or yeah. a lot of movies and stuff, yeah. But it is overall a short... It's a short sweet action movie that gets right to the fucking point and that's because of its own story um i mean it's you can read the synopsis on netflix and it's basically this you've got this woman who's an assassin um and she wants out somewhere she wants out somewhere along the line she is poisoned um she gets acute radiation poisoning actually um and finds out that she's got 24 hours to live after the fact um, during that time, she's kind of on a revenge quest to find out who poisoned her, to kill that person, and then of course there's a twist at the e- twist near the end where she finds out that this wasn't the person who actually poisoned her; it was someone actually pretty close to her that uh, did not want her to get out and is trying to make a clean record and name for himself. Yeah, this has been um, on Netflix for uh, almost a year at this point, um, or coming up on a year. Uh, I remember watching it like the I think it was the day it came out and. Uh, I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. It falls yeah. into a weird category that Netflix started putting movies out because about mm-hmm. a month beforehand they released um, Gunpowder Milkshake, which is assassin, female assassin mm-hmm. that wants to get out, uh, murders a parent, then has to deal with the repercussions by having to deal with that parent's kid the entire movie, um, and there's a twist at the end. Mm, less mm-hmm. twist in one of them, but you know it's very similar. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, this is a weird. It's it's that uh that Doofenshmirtz me- Doofenshmirtz meme with the um, it had if I had a nickel for every time, I'd have mm-hmm. two nickels, <laughs> <laughs> which isn't a lot, but you know, 
Yes. Well, she's, I mean, just watching this movie, I mean, it, it moves because of its premise at a breakneck pace. Um, it does slow down long enough to start explaining things to you and to have some nice sort of deeper character moments um, in the film. So that way, I mean, it's the shortest movie I've seen that actually has, like, full character arcs for every main character involved. Um, and overall, I think it's not its not going to be a classic or anything like that. It's not like this is a hidden gem somewhere in the annals of Netflix, but um, hmm. yeah. it's still its still a worthy watch. Um, if I was going to put a flat score in it, it's, it's a three out of five, yeah. basically. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Mm-hmm. Right? I, I can't yeah. even remember my own goddamn scores. <laughs> All right, Chris, let's go look at my my scoring list. See, did you copy what I said down? No, I didn't. <laughs> oh no, that's the wrong thing. That's um actually. Uh, personal ranking. Yeah, yeah, three is enjoyable. It's enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Four is great. Five is incredible. I'll I should just add this to you so you don't forget it. Um. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I also enjoyed it. I would give it about that, too. It's definitely not a, uh, a, a meh, because, you know, um, I also no. am biased, because I absolutely love her in everything, just about. Yeah, I mean, I'm a fan of obscure action films. I watched Boon Rocco when it was on Netflix, like, five times before they pulled it, so. There's a couple coming out that I'm excited <clears throat> for, um. Especially, well, to uh, Friday, actually, um, it's not really an assassinate film, but it just just reminded me, um, was it called Everything Everywhere All at Once or something like that? Uh, mm-hmm. That just came out that I was excited to see, and I have not gotten a chance to go see it yet. Um, but <laughs> Brad Pitt has a new one coming out called Bullet Train. Looks absolutely ridiculous. It looks like... Um, it. It gives me <sighs> my mind's blanking on the the movies because it's not John Wick. It's John Wick E, um, but it really is <laughs> guy on a train that has to get. He literally is there to get, pick grab a package and leave, and he has to murder his way through the train because um, <laughs> everybody else wants this thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited. It looks ridiculous, um, and that's kind of my, and that's kind of my shit. I love that. I love fun murder, I guess, is the good term <laughs> to put murder. on these. I mean, think about, like, the John Wick movies. Those are fun murder movies. Yeah. Um, well, it's nice to see an action movie give your main character, I guess, interesting ways to kill people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's always fun. Creative it's, murder. How about that? Well, it's it's like watching all these cool cutscenes in a video game where you see the character do something, and of course you're... You're screaming at the developers, hey, I should actually be able to do that. <laughs> but, I that's mean, why, that's what you're watching. You're that's watching why Hitman exists, man. <laughs> yeah. Hit, the Hitman franchise exists so you can kill people in relatively creative ways. Yeah. How did you murder them? I knocked them out with a pineapple and they fell into an electric eel pit. I, I don't know. Kicked them off the balcony onto an F1 track. <laughs> there you go. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, God, I forgot about that one. <laughs> it's even more fun if you kick them off of the balcony into the F1 track and then the other, because the, that's the one where you can also fuck with the car and then the car flips out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fun. Um, but yeah, I uh, I remember that. Trick. I enjoyed that movie. That was good. 
I tricked them to standing under an active wine press. And then I tricked 300 other people into doing the same thing. Because they came to investigate. Oh, there's a body here. Oh, oh there's a body here. <laughs> that is, I will always love the, the uh, it's like the murder pool or something. Um, yes. Gavin and Jeff from Achievement Hunter had a video that went so viral that they actually, in the next release chapter made a comment in the like the npcs made a comment back and forth about or a conversation about that event happening where they literally just set up it was a an electric trap just in a pool of water and per everybody like literally so much that they were piled <laughs> up somehow they could still walk in and die it was so crazy um and that's what sells you on those games the hitman games some of the greatest games man I want. We need more. We don't really because they just put out one like two years ago. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not even going to talk about the. Uh, here, I'll mention it real quick. I attempted because I'm tr still trying to find things to read manga wise. I attempted one uh, Dragon Ball uh, because mm -hmm. somebody had mentioned how much they enjoyed the Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z manga. God damn, Nate. <laughs> I no, it's bad. It's so bad. Like. I mean... Here's the thing, right? I think it takes a special kind of person to truly sit down and go, yes, I enjoy Akira Toriyama's work. <laughs> well, so, does... is Okay, does he draw it too, or is he just the writer? He draws and writes. Okay, so how come, like, the Dragon Quest stuff, does he write that, or is he just the artist for the Dragon Quest stuff? I don't know if he writes it. I believe he's just the artist. Okay, good. Um, Let him only be your artist. I don't even artist. know if he's... I don't even know if he's the main artist or character designer anymore. I believe it's a lot of people he's trained to yeah. use his art style to make those characters now. That's that makes um, yeah. So that was all I want to talk about with with reading stuff, mostly because I want to move on to. I don't know. Have you watched this? The last thing I'm about no, to bring I up. No, I have not watched. It. I'm not going to go into spoilers for the most part. Um, I'm going to hit on certain things. Um, one of which has already come out, and everybody's up in arms about because why not that's what people do um the halo series finally after how many years of us being told that we were going to get a halo series mm -hmm. uh, finally started uh it is currently on paramount plus they're doing we it is a weekly episode drop i don't know how many episodes they're doing all i know is that right now on game pass uh if you have game pass you get a perk of a 30 month free trial um <laughs> So I say 30 month, 30 day, sorry, 30, 30 day. Yeah. 30 <laughs> month. That'd be fucking awesome. Um, yeah. 30 day free trial. Uh, so I say, wait till the show's over, get Paramount plus watch all that. Watch all of iCarly, the reunion show or whatever. Um, <laughs> that's the two best things, right? It's, it's halo and the iCarly reunion. Uh, <laughs> um, hmm. but no, halo finally started off in, in my opinion, uh, from that first episode, I am 1000% in, um, <laughs> visually it looks great. The, the enemy animation I think looks great. Um, the sound, sound design, all they did, you know what they did, Nate? They just brought in all the fucking sounds from the game. Why, why make like, that's what every single Halo movie and live action thing should have done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was wondering about that because I had seen a couple of the other things, and I'm like, I feel like they didn't do that. Um, 
But yeah, the fact that they brought that in, the HUD, they cut to first person view with him a couple of times, and it looks great in my I think so, whatever. Um This story exists. I'm not saying it's good or bad, because we don't know. We have one episode. We can't tell where it's going um, fully. But I will say three main things. Three main things. One of them is the only complaint I've really heard about the show. And the other two is just interesting to me. Um, Mm -hmm. I guess four, technically. Um, So number one, get it right out there. Master Chief removes his helmet. We Mm -hmm. see Master Chief's face for the first time ever in this series. Um, he doesn't have gruff old man eyes and because that was what Halo 4 the legendary ending you got to see the mask remove and you see his eyes um, mm-hmm. but he is played by uh, I can't remember the actor's name give me one second uh, but he is the he is played by the leprechaun from uh, American Gods um, if you have not watched that show I couldn't rec- recommend it to you because uh, they they really fucked that they production cut over. They my favorite character from the show. <laughs> yeah, I still can't fucking believe that shit. Um, they cut the only character worth watching the show for. Pablo Schreiber, uh, who you may recognize, one, as that guy, and two, uh, as... Oh, fuck. He's a piece of shit in something else, and I can't remember right now. Oh, Orange is New Black. Um, yeah, that's right. He plays the fucking creepy cop. Yeah, the, yeah, the cre- yeah, yeah. Um, great actor. I mean, he, he <laughs> in my opinion, I think he's great. Um, but yeah, he is playing uh, John One One Seven, aka Master Chief. Uh, and I'm okay with it because this is where I'm going into number number two. This takes place pre-Fall of Reach. The storyline of the Halo series takes place pre-Fall of Reach. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm interested in that because, obviously, we know what happens from Reach forward, from Fall of Reach forward. We've experienced it. We've done it ourselves. Um, Yeah. We we did our last stand. Um, (laughs) uh, But because of that they can kind of play with the character a little bit more than I think we've been able to see him. Mm -hmm. In the first episode, Chief doesn't have... Again, not not only is this pre-Reach, this is pre-Cortana. So Mm -hmm. Chief is just Spartan, normal Spartan, doing his shit. Um, We see a more human side of him than I think we've ever seen in the games um, where he is making decisions in rejecting orders based off of uh, his humanity in his actual social or not social um, oh it's an M what's it moral moral compass yeah um, and I'm really I, I want to see that 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 to me is something that I've we've never gotten to see with him before because he's been mm-hmm. Brainwashed, Mc, robot controlled, lover yeah. lover of digital personas. Um, well, that comes with that comes with his training. Um, I mean, I don't know how much they're paying attention to lore of like established lore of Halo, but well, we they, know that these Spartan twos were all 
basically adopted his children and trained yeah. from that point. So in that, I don't want to get again not too spoilery. We do find out that that happens. That is still a thing. He did that. They did kind of, I guess, memory wipe him or at least hide his memories behind his his training. Um, and she is. It is funny. Uh, uh, Halsey, right, Doctor Halsey, mm -hmm. is working on the. Um, the Cortana program. Uh, it's fucking weird, but you know, whatever. Um, well, she she literally pulls some very illegal shit to make Cortana, so... <laughs> oh, yeah, there's already... There's a whole scene where it's like, I thought we weren't doing this. I told you we weren't funding this kind of thing from the, yeah. the government. Because uh, she, like, looks in a window, and it's just the clone of her. Uh, <laughs> like yeah. a living clone, not just... The digital no, no, they're all living of it. clones. She yeah. has to use their fucking brains to make Cortana. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, I, I'm super excited to see where that goes. I believe it's coming out on Thursdays. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say any more. I'm going to hold my tongue on it until we can. I can watch it all, and I'm going to make you watch it all too. Because guess what? You'll have a free month of Paramount Plus. <laughs> Well, I guess the only question I have that's semi-spoiler related, are they jumping right into fighting the Covenant? Yes. The okay. Human Covenant War is still happening. It is kicking off but, pretty much immediately. But it is set at a point in the Human Covenant War where not everyone has joined them. Um, well, yeah. It starts off in a town that is at war with the UNSC. Um, yeah. Well, because the, the insurrectionists, or what they call innies in the books, are still around. Yeah. Um, well, they were at this one town, and then they all die except for one. That's not spoiler. It's it's in the cold open. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you remember Ford Unto Dawn, they were training, like, the guys, the kids at Corbulo Academy. They weren't training to fight Covenant. They didn't even know the Covenant existed. They were yeah. training to fight insurrectionists. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, we, it goes from, literally, it starts with the town talking about how much they hate them what they have to deal with how horrible the spartans are how powerful the spartans are um mm -hmm. to the one of the main characters because the main character obviously master chief is as main characters you get in a halo show um mm -hmm. but one of the other more main front uh roles um she and her friends are out exploring i think they're just doing drugs um <laughs> and they really are uh she finds a ship. She comes back to tell them we got to fucking go. And that's when it starts kicking off. All of her friends get killed by the covenant. Mm -hmm. Um, and she goes back to her town to warn them. And they're like, Oh no, UNSC. And she's like, no, 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 no. I don't know what it is. <laughs> it's not them. And that's when they proceed to destroy the entire town. And then chief and his team, silver team, I believe. Um, mm -hmm. does that sound right? Blue team. Okay. Well, this is silver team. Cool. <laughs> different era, I guess. I don't fucking know. Um, it is a different era. Blue Team comes later. That's in the four, world. right? Didn't, Blue Team was during four. Blue Team was during four, but Blue Team was kind of always Master Chief's mainstay team throughout all the novelization of the Halo series. Um, but the issue is, is Blue Team was the only remaining team of Spartan Two, so this is later in the lore after most of the Spartan Twos have died. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So Silver Team. Um... I'm looking on the wiki because they've already added things. You've got obviously John 117, Vanek, Riz, and Kai, um, mm -hmm. who are the other ones. 
we haven't gotten them with their masks off, hel- helmets off yet, but they have been there, and I like them. I like their. They've got that cool. I don't know. I, I'm excited to have this group together. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I I'm. I, it just looks so good. Like it was one of those things where I was texting with our friend Lou about. Um. They could do no, this. The story doesn't fucking matter. I, I'm I'm mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what they do, but based off of visual, what they did with this, I'm all in. Um, mm-hmm. I want to see everything that they do. I want to see where they take this. I want to see how how much we see, because um, we've mm-hmm. already cut back to, uh, the Covenant's like main base of operations. Um, mm-hmm. I can't remember what it's called right now. Uh, high charity. Thank you. I knew it was high something. Um, mm-hmm. But we've cut back to that, and there's like, we've seen little floaty chair dudes. Um, I hate those yep. weird ass dudes. Uh, so I'm like, just give me. I I want. I'm just, the most disappointing thing about the whole series is that it wasn't dropped day and date, whole season day and date. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would have binged the fuck out of this show. <laughs> well, um, people know why. We know why they do these things. It's so that way you. Don't remember that your 30-day free trial has expired, and now they can charge you. <laughs> yep. Because not everybody wants Paramount+. Plus. Um, but no, I, I highly recommend it if you're a Halo fan. If you are a fan of action sci-fi things, also recommend you don't need to know shit about Halo to enjoy this, in my opinion. Um, you just get that extra, like, ooh, they played the music, or they made that sound, or blah, blah, blah. Um, <laughs> but yeah. All right, enough of what we're watching and playing. What what did we play? Oh, sorry, reading. Watching and reading. Yeah. What did we play this week, Nate? What did we play? Why don't you cover the two things you did first? I'll cover one. And oh, then yeah. We'll cover yeah. One. We right. both played. Uh, so I'll go to one that led into the final one, but I'm not going to bring up the final one because that's, you know. Um, I randomly turned on my Xbox, and I just got sucked back into Forager uh, about a year or two ago. I fell into Forager hard, where <laughs> on Switch, I played it until 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, starting at like 10 at night, um, not realizing, because it's one of those games where you just, it, it's like, my, it was very Minecraft-like in that you are doing things mindlessly and just so relaxed that you forget that you were doing something. Um, yeah. I actually told Kim if... if she leaves the room and comes back and I'm still doing playing that game tell me to stop because it's probably been like four <laughs> hours um it is a it's a sing I believe it when I originally played it, it was a single developer game um hot frog mm-hmm. uh it was I believe it was published by humble games um but it's very much a technically mining and crafting game um yeah. but basically you're just a little dude with a pickaxe and eventually a shovel and a sword, um, and you're going around collecting resources to build other things to then expand to other islands, get more mm-hmm. resources, expand, increase, upgrade technology, defend against little slimes, and then eventually giant yeah. demon motherfuckers. Um, There's dungeon crawling, crafting, yeah, building. It's, stuff it's in it. so fun. Little puzzles. I love the puzzles. Uh, one of my favorite ones, and like the moment it happened, it popped on because you buy the land. Um, and then you you never know. It's randomly generated. There are certain levels that you know which islands it can be, but you'll never know where they will be placed. Um, but one of them is literally just an island with 
six, seven, seven, I don't know, six or seven mushrooms um, in, a, in a rainbow. And it's literally like, oh, Roy G. Biv. You got to hit the mushrooms in Roy G. Biv. Uh, and that's mm-hmm. just one of many puzzles, one of many quests that you have to do. Um, but it's just so fun and relaxing to me that I literally could sit there and play it for hours. Um, and mm-hmm. it's now one. When I played it, it was in version one point something. It is now version four point something. Um, there's so <laughs> much that they've added. They've changed things. They've they've changed the the upgrade system where there are certain things that are now split or even pushed together that makes more sense. So you don't have to waste a skill point on it. Um, mm-hmm. Added some things that oddly enough, when I played the original, I was kind of like, oh man, I wish I could just do this. Um, but I, I love it in its own Game Pass. So, 100% recommend. Free to play, technically. You know. I Do you have a problem with people saying that if you are a Game Pass su- subscriber, that the game is quote-unquote free? No, not really. Okay. I see a lot of people being like, man, it's free. It's like, no, you gotta subscribe. I'm like, but if you're already subscribing, you no lo- you do not have to pay Here's an extra thing. amount. You have to consider again the value you're getting out of that service right the amount of games i've got on game pass if i bought each of those games individually frankly i wouldn't have all those fucking games <laughs> i don't have the money to have all those goddamn games this the is true. game pass has given me the opportunity also to go into a game completely anxiety free if i download a game on game pass and i play it and i don't like it it just gets uninstalled and guess what it doesn't matter because if i want to try it again i can just go and download it again <laughs> it's not a big deal <laughs> So right now, I just went to the Game Pass library thing. Um, from what I'm seeing, it looks like I think this includes EA games. Yeah, there are currently on console 454 games free with Game Pass. That's how I'm saying it. Uh, and on PC, 419. I don't know how many cloud. Let me see if there's a way to mm-hmm. cloud base. There's two 352. It's only short yeah. like a hundred games. That's incredible. And some yeah, of these can done... be played just on your phone. Man, have, what? Like, we need a, a fucking sponsorship team doing that. Yeah. By the way, I forgot about this. I'm sorry, I got sidetracked because I forgot Square Enix. I was looking up your games on Steam. And My games? That, the games that you're talking about. Um, and I forgot that they're doing a Square Enix publisher sale. I get the first Deus Ex for literally a dollar. God damn it. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know if you saw I added... Uh, I hope you muted it. I added, actually, a, a deal section to our Discord, which you can join if you like, with the link somewhere. I believe it is in the description. Um, yes. I actually had to mute it because that bot was... Yeah, thank you. Well, so it's not the bot's fault. It's the fact that, <laughs> one, Mar- Wario64 tweets... I, I literally added... I originally had two. I had broke or Cheap-Ass Gamer or something in Wario64 tweets because mm-hmm. they are very consistent with sales and stuff. Um, but But there's no... There is no way to not have a server, a channel, send out the notification. I've looked everywhere. I've seen online where people are like, this should be a thing. And Discord's like, you're right. It should be a thing. We're not going to do it, but it should be. Because um, I hate that. I, 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 I want to have this deal section so it's just populated, boom, endless games. Of like, hey, look, you can get this game on Steam. You can get this this game in real life. Controllers, oh, 8-Bit, 8-Bit though. SNES controller on sale right now. Fuck yeah, that's awesome. Um, <laughs> for some reason, there's a One Piece game sale. I'm not going to get it because I don't play those games. Um, 
There's a line. There's a line I'm not crossing, Nate. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anime games are very, very rarely good. Um, But no, I, uh, you know, it's cool. I like the idea of having that. It's just stupid that we can't mute it. Uh, Anyway, um, Forger on Xbox Game Pass. Check it out. Also get Game Pass. Mm -hmm. We need to get sponsored by Game Pass. That would be great. Um, (laughs) The other game, which, oddly enough, also on Game Pass. Fuck every single game that we're talking about except for the final one. Um... It's on Game Pass right now. Uh, Tunic, though, after years of waiting for my little Fox Link game, Fox Zelda game, um, I finally get to play Tunic, and it is everything I wanted it to be. It is, well, almost. It's technically a Dark Souls game. Uh, <laughs> Star, <laughs> Dark, style, Dark Souls style, at least. Um, mm-hmm. No, I, uh, you know, I really enjoy it. It is, it is 100% just Legend of Zelda with a little fox um mm-hmm. you get your sword you start off with a stick you get your sword you find a shield you go through get bosses you have to collect the three things to unlock the vinyl thing to beat the game um but one of the coolest aspects of the game is the way it handles the guide you mm-hmm. do not get instructions it is very much a you're dropped into this world explore don't die um but you can die because again there's a respawn system and you have like technically bonfire-esque little statues that you can save and progress time Mm -hmm. or not progress time but uh you know reload all the enemies in the world um but the way it handles the the guide is that it's literally torn up and thrown throughout the world and you Mm -hmm. pick up little pieces of what looks like an old school like manual like an old school game manual you know like mm-hmm. that that like cool cartoony mario guide yeah. where it's like press this do this this is how you make him jump this is how you make him roll or uh mm-hmm. not roll but you know um and i love it i think it's the coolest thing to do and on top of that not only do you get these pieces you also don't understand the language you have to just continuously progress through the game and play and do things, and you'll eventually understand more and more of the language. So words will go from just symbols to, oh, this means sword, this means apple. Um, it's like Albed. You what? It's like Albed. <laughs> um, but no, I, I love it. I think it's great. Um, from what I've been seeing online, people are saying it's pretty short. Um I mean, hell, day of release. I had already seen people posting speedrun things. Um, but I don't care. I don't care. And I, it is a game that if it was not on Game Pass, I would still buy it. This is a, in my opinion, you know, this is this is a, I'll give it a five. I'm giving this a five. I haven't even beaten it, but I've played enough of it that I'm like, yes, 1000%. This is a, everybody has to play this game. Um, in my opinion, again. Uh, I believe it is on Steam. I believe it is a $20 game. Uh, Now I'm going to double check. A $30 game. Um, But yeah, fuck it, man. Great. Highly recommend. Go check it out. Mm -hmm. Did you have any interest in that one, or was that just a... I mean, I think I have an interest in Forger, but like you said, it is a game that you know, it's one of those cozy games that you can kind of lose yourself in. <laughs> yeah. Um, and tunic too much. For I you. mean, I've had a problem with that with Minecraft. I'm having a problem with that with Rust. <laughs> really? 
It's just when a game introduces those kinds of mechanics where you are consistently rewarded for your progression, then the game just has me trapped for hours on ends. Um, you know, there's there's games like that surprisingly have little breathing room to stop and sort of take in the world around you. It's always on full blast most of the time to the point where it's like every little I know in Forge you're like okay well you start on your, your first island and whatever like that and you get just enough resources so that way you can expand to another one <laughs> but then it's like you're instantly rewarded with that expansion to go do something else and yeah. then you go do that thing and then instantly get a reward again and so it just sucks you in and keeps you going <laughs> well that was I, I opened a uh, one of the one of the uh, islands has a guy who's like hey can you bring me 20 saplings can you just bring me 20 saplings i'm like okay cool wait a minute the there are two ways of getting saplings either getting enough upgrades to unlock this one thing and then mm -hmm. it can randomly be a thing that i can buy or getting upgrades to do this other thing where then I have to get the other resources to be able to build that thing to then be able to get other resources to be able to put it in that thing so it then can make that resource that I need to give that guy. <laughs> <laughs> so either way, it was hours of ex of time that I was going to have to put in to try and get to that. I still haven't done it. Um, I'm like halfway there. I was able they, they the fucking merchant had like 15. I needed 30. I'm like, fuck you, motherfucker. Um, <laughs> but it... I, or the worst, the worst part is when you get a mission where it's like, okay, had a guy on an island. He's like, hey, here's a gold egg. Or no, I need a gold egg. Can you get me a gold egg? And I'm like, fuck. The reason I could buy this island is because I just sold a gold egg, which is a <laughs> random drop. It has like a tiny ass fucking percentage for a, a chicken to just shit that fucking golden egg out. In a mm -hmm. two hours after I got the mission, I've not seen a single goddamn gold. <laughs> um, there's like ways that you're supposed to be able to like bring up the percentage, but to do that, I then have to raise a level to get other things so I can get that thing to get the resource to do the thing to give it to the thing to get the other thing. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but it's Not really relaxing. Um, but you don't care, and that's the problem. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um. But no, I both of them, like I said, both are on uh on Game Pass and like you are about to mention this third game is also on Game Pass. Yeah. So, Again, we um, are not sponsored by Game Pass. We would love to be because we <laughs> love your product, but we're not. We promise. Oh yeah. No, um so what was when we were watching the game awards, um one of the awards that came up was best narrative. Um and games were on the list like Life is Strange and a lot of basically just narrative based games without you know traditional gameplay mechanics in them but one of the games that was an oddity to i think all of us at the time was guardians of the galaxy and probably because none of us had never, yeah none of us had played it and then it won and so i'm browsing through game pass a couple weeks ago and i see guardians of the galaxy is available in game pass and i said well i've heard some good things about this game it looks cool let me just download it and try it and when i started playing it i didn't fucking stop playing it <laughs> um that's a good it sign it is Yes, it is, as we mentioned when we were talking about Ghostbusters, it is, it takes a lot of the source material from the comic books, the things you know and love from comics, and is also inspired by the films in a lot of ways. Um, 
but they blend those two things very, very well. And there's so much to explore in this game. The reason why it really won Best Narrative is the game takes place after this major galactic war happened between Thanos and a resistance that ended up becoming the Nova Corps in this version of Guardians of the Galaxy. Hmm. Um, Richard Ryder, who took the namesake Nova, of course, who was the superhero Nova in the comics, um, started this resistance, built the Nova Corps basically from ground up of just gathering people together to fight the Chitari and Thanos. Um, so this game takes place after that, and without spoiling a lot, you do have this sense at the very beginning of the game that the Guardians have been together for a while already. You're not being introduced to Gamora and Drax and Groot and Rocket as brand new characters that Peter doesn't know anything about. These people have been together, they've done jobs together, some of them great successes, some of them massive failures, <laughs> um, but all the characters have this nice chemistry with each other. And behind that chemistry lies a lot of tension between them. You get the feeling that these people know how to talk to each other when they're on a mission, but when it comes to that downtime, they really don't know how to interact with each other. They're missing parts of each other's lives and don't really have that opportunity to share more of their sort of emotional or traumatic sides with one another. Um, and that's the thing. Each character in the game has some kind of major trauma in their life. You know, and it all comes directly from the comic books and the film. We know about, I won't say how his mom dies in this film, but we know from the movies that Peter Quill's mom does die. <laughs> um, we know that somehow he ends up in space and becomes a member of the Ravagers. Um, we know that Gamora was an adopted daughter of Thanos. We know that Drax's um, wife and daughter were murdered by Thanos. Um, Groot is the last living member of his species, and Rocket is this crazy Chitari experiment who doesn't even really want to be what he is, but has to deal with it. <laughs> um, and so they all have this, this trauma that you work out throughout the rest of the game. You have these moments in between all the combat and just the regular gameplay stuff where there is a lot of dialogue taking place. There's even ambient dialogue taking place amongst the characters as you're just walking around levels. Um, and so you get the sense that while they're kind of at each other's throats a lot of the time, they have to learn how to come together as a team because now they're facing, at least in this game, basically a galaxy ending threat, something that seeks to assimilate and end all life in the galaxy. Um, and they have, they're doing everything they can to deal with it. And they're being shot down at every turn. <laughs> um, so like I said, said in the notes, I can see why this game won best narrative now. It wasn't what I was expecting at all going into it, but the story and the character interactions for this game are top-notch. The game really didn't need to be this good, but I'm glad that it is. And I recommend anyone who even had a tiny bit of interest in it at least give it a try. Because, frankly, it's just it's a good game worth playing. Yeah, well, on to... Weirdly enough, Nate, we talked about three Game Pass games that we've gotten to play for quote-unquote free. So now we get to talk about a game that we got to play for free that was not on Game Pass. <laughs> because you have a good friend. Uh, yes. And I... I don't know what the fuck happened. You got a friend. And, uh, Technically. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, we've, we both had some time to dabble into uh, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. A game that which... I literally had no no plans to touch. Yeah. Uh, so, through a through a strange twist of fate here, um, 
basically a friend gave me currency to buy the game because he likes Borderlands and he wants us to play Borderlands style games with him. Wonderlands, of course, is the latest Borderlands style game to come out. So he gave me currency and I bought like the Super Mega Ultimate whatever edition. Um, and apparently, for whatever reason, when I bought it, uh, Chris also got access to the same game. <laughs> I, I, for some reason, have access to... Uh... To, to pretty much everything I've ever yeah to every game on my Xbox, Xbox. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but um, it's awesome regardless of yeah. that into the game yes the game is very good and like I think going in what I was expecting is this is going to be like another Dragon's Keep style sort of just we put a D&D skin over Borderlands game but they did so much more with it this time around and it is a phenomenal game in its own right um you have what is it six different classes to choose when you start and then mm -hmm. later on when you level up you can choose another class for multi-classing um the game of course does have all the wacky stuff that it has with borderlands guns as expected but they've changed some of the guns to be to shoot things like crossbow bolts or magic energy yeah. waves out of them i i'm a um, big fan of the uh I, is it only shotguns that i i think we've come across that basically have a little cauldron in the center that you sprinkle yes. sprinkle magic over yes. <laughs> so they've changed some reload animations for these new weapon parts they've added to the game um grenades are now replaced with spells which you find a lot more often now um, yeah I, there's an entire class based around casting those spells <laughs> i am um, a big fan i am a huge fan of the spell casting um yes so they've added spells to the game. Shields are now called wards, which function pretty much like shields always have in Borderlands, but also have more additional effects to them now. Um, the game has a great, as you expect from Borderlands, enemy variety to it. You're not just fighting, you know, the same generic bandit a million times anymore. Um, and it's also got an interesting story behind it as well. A story that at least where I'm at in the game, is coming into some twists and turns that were not expected upon initial viewing. Ooh, no but surprise. it does add some depth to the story and um, some appreciation for sort of the inspiration for the game as well. Um, we know that Bunkers and Badasses in the World of Borderlands is just a riff on D&D, but it's also so much more than that in this. And the really good part about just the story from the game is it touches on those moments you have where you are sitting around with a bunch of friends having a really good time playing D&D. When you have a dungeon master who knows how to narrate the story and to get interesting NPCs in that story and to create interesting combat encounters for your team to make unique puzzles and things like that that everybody is involved in solving. Um, and the interactions between players who may not agree on how to play the game all the time. Um, so, <laughs> yes, yeah, I mean, there's the... people out there, there's people out there who want to play, you know, basically by house rules, when they play D &D, oh, yeah. right? Where it's just like, let's do whatever we want and then let the DM figure it out, you know? I'm a fan um, of those kind of plays. And then you have, you know, the rules lawyer who wants to play the game because they enjoy the rules and the fact that they give structure to the world that they're in. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's always a line, of course, you don't cross when you're playing these kinds of games. You don't want to be the guy who's, you know, at the table rules lowering 24-7, who's interrupting the DM in the middle of a narration to say, well, technically you can't do that. Um, and that is, <laughs> I, the worst person to be that is the mm -hmm. DM. Um, yeah. Because mm -hmm. that's just not fun. That's just well, no. not fun. If you are a there's... strict by-the-book DM, mm -hmm. um, 
I feel like that you just aren't going to connect with people that are in it for the creative fun aspect that you can do. Um, well, you're not going to connect with a lot of people because at the end of the day, your job as a DM is not just to host a game session, right? It's to create a world in which people can experience. And so you have to be able to flex and bend a little bit when things aren't always going your way. The worst DMs I play with are the Royce lawyers, but also the people who just railroad you through a campaign the entire time who will not allow your decisions to affect anything that happens in the world. And so it's always just going to end up at the point they want it to end up at, mm -hmm. which is usually just fight the big bad evil guy I created for this campaign. And then the campaign's over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, I um personal opinion of Borderlands stuff in general. I absolutely love the original Borderlands game. Um, mm -hmm. Played the shit out of it. It was at a perfect time where, we were a lot of us were living together almost um obviously dave, dave and i were living together uh our mm -hmm. friend at, at the time oz was in a in, in the basement next door um <laughs> so it was a really good time to have that that perfect like multiplayer four player or because it was four player drop in drop out right um yeah uh it was perfect for us because we all had similar work schedules we got in there played the shit out of that fucking game um but as the series went on, I kind of, I still enjoyed it a little bit, but I, I went from playing a majority of two to barely touching any of the prequel, um, the pre-sequel, sorry, uh, in that I, I have not, you know what, Nate, I'm lying. I think I did play a little bit of Borderlands 3, but do you know why I played a little bit of Borderlands 3? Because you bought Borderlands 3. <laughs> um, now thinking back, that is why I had access to Borderlands 3. Um... But no, I, uh, I, the comedy and the the maturity level of the Borderlands games kind of didn't age with me for a little bit there, and by that I mean for the majority of the series. Um, but I ended up falling in love with this. Like, the, like I, I'm not probably going to spend too much more, much more time with this because I want, I seriously do have a plan to get through and start playing a lot of my older games and backlog games that I've just had for months, two years and have not gone through. Um, but I, this has definitely been, if I was at a different point right now, I would probably be spending a lot of time playing this game. Um, because the comedy it's different. It is not as childish. It still has some of the like immature, stupid shit. Um, mm -hmm. but the level of the comedy and the fact that they brought in much higher or well-known voice actors, not just because obviously mm -hmm. you have uh, Wanda Sykes and Andy Samberg and mm -hmm. Will Arnett as three of the main NPCs. Um, yeah. But just the fact that my voice actor is Christopher Sabat, your voice mm -hmm. actor. No, never mind. I can't remember who your voice actor was, but I know, um, <laughs> One of the other voice actors is, um, oh, my mind's blanking on her name, but the actress that plays fucking Toru Honda in Fruits Basket. Uh, mm -hmm. um, oh, wait, do you have, was it you? No, oh, no, no, it's Nate or da Damien that has, um, oh, I can't remember her name. Yeah, the, the woman that does the voice for Winry Rockbell um, mm -hmm. in Full Metal Alchemist. And I'm like, oh, that's fucking awesome. I wish I would have known that. I could have played that kind of character. Um, but there's yeah. just so much 
so much in this in this game that I was not expecting to enjoy. For instance, the guns. I was hoping this was mm-hmm. a very no guns. We are in a in a D and D B and B setting, um, mm-hmm. but I kind of you know I accept it. I I feel like it makes sense within this world, especially since we already have uh, Tina having to make up. It's not C four. It's Fanta C four. Um, yes. <laughs> and other stupid things that just move around that, or the fact that like that was definitely a a, ma- a giant meteor that crash landed in the oh, yeah. in the overworld, and not a Cheeto not that a she dropped. Girl. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the acid river on the board is definitely not a soda that's just sitting. Yeah, in. <laughs> yep. Um, it's it's there's so much fun to this game, and it's so much more to it than any other Borderlands games that, at least mm-hmm. from my experience. Um, that really has me drawn into it. And I, I, I played, I don't know how many hours of it. I literally saw it, installed it and just played until it was way too late. Uh, cause you, I think, yeah, we were up, was it me and yeah. you playing a little bit later? Cause I know Damien went to bed. Um, yes, we were playing pretty late. Um, which what I wanted to bring up is mm-hmm. the one downside to this game right now. You can still not, I've heard there've been fixes a little bit, but you mm-hmm. at least what I played yesterday, you could not play with anybody. Didn't matter if you were doing crossplay, which congratulations for them. I'm proud of them for doing crossplay right out the gate. Um, mm-hmm. But even if you were doing crossplay, you couldn't even do it same console. I was on Xbox, Nate was on Xbox. It just did not work. Um, well, there are instances where I've not been able to play with anybody else, but other people have been playing with each other. Um, oh, so they hate. I you. mean. Yeah, no, it's just it. It's not been, your friends. The shift shift yeah, servers. Yeah, it's been a nightmare. The shift servers are clearly not updated. They weren't prepared well enough to handle this game. Um, that being said, what I've played solo. Sometimes these are games that I do enjoy playing solo because there is story and narrative content in there that I kind of miss out when I'm playing co-op with certain people who just want to rush through stuff and get it done real <laughs> <Dave>. quick. <laughs> yeah. Um, but. Uh, that's one of the great things I actually like about this is there's a lot of story there, even in side quests and each side quest feels like its own unique part of the story now, Yeah. as opposed to go here and fetch, you know, 20 of these items and bring them back to me. Usually when you have a quest like that in this game, it turns into a big joke that leads into a much larger overarching quest. Um, one of the quests I did, and I won't really get into in-depth spoilers, but, Basically, I'm tasked with doing evil deeds around the main town, but it always gives me an alternative for a less evil deed to do. And what it leads to is Tina making up the consequences of that less evil deed to make them just absolutely terrible. (laughs) That actually sounds fun. I think one of them uh... ended up in a woman going completely insane and locking herself in her house with a ton of cats and a goat. (laughs) And I'm like, the cats, sure, goat. And this was this, mind you, was the less evil choice that I took. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I uh, I am at, or I, the, I'm currently, or I just finished currently the the main quest in, um, I'd say the second actual bigger space because I'm not counting the graveyard as a bigger space because that's pretty mm-hmm. straightforward of a, a boss, a lead up to a boss fight kind of thing. Um, yeah. But the uh, swamp, the swampy, oh, the dank, the dank area. Yeah, the forest. Um, the dankiest mm. of dank areas is, I think, mm-hmm. is stated at one point. Um, I really enjoyed that area, and I really enjoyed the world within the stories that were in that. I think I did almost oh, yeah. all the 
the missions in there. Um, the Tooth Fairy quest mm-hmm. is one of my favorite things. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> I will I will say I wish that they did a better job with the pick up all option on the items because oh, there is yeah. a section where you literally have to pick up thirty some thirty five teeth. And yep. it'll only collect like the five that are right near you, not the thirty-five that have been spread yep. out throughout. Pick up all mechanic is extremely bust. There are times where I'm staring at like a pile of five teeth, literally sitting on top of each other. I hit pick up all that picks up like two teeth. Yeah, <laughs> um, but that that is a fun quest uh, because, uh, and it, I mean, it's not really spoiler because it's a side quest, fun shit thing. Um, <laughs> that quest is how you learn where mimics come from. Uh, <laughs> Just a bunch of teeth packed into a box, and boom, you get a mimic. Um, which is, again, one of my favorite things that is included in this. The fact that there are actual mimic uh, weapon chests in the game. Um, but yeah, I, I'd i say probably four or, five, four or five hours in, maybe. Um, not speeding through it too too bad. Doing a little bit of side quests here and there. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm definitely enjoying this, and it, I might, it, like I said, I'm not going to dedicate a whole bunch of time to this, but this this might be one of those, like, oh, you know what? I got nothing to do. Don't really feel like getting into anything new. Why not just hop in here, go through a little bit? Um, mm-hmm. And even the difficulty-wise, I, I went for the more casual thing, obviously, because, you know, it's more yeah. fun sometimes. I don't want to have to, especially in, border, in my opinion, Borderlands games mm-hmm. can get fucking hard when you get higher up there and you're playing by yourself um yes, so because even this uh and i forgot about the mechanic there there i finally had died to regular like being attacked and i'm like oh i forgot about the the respawn system you either give up or you have to kill somebody to come back to life um mm-hmm. and the first time i went down i'm like oh cool boom <laughs> um so question for you because you've played all these games Mm-hmm. Has there been a uh, explosive trap barrel thing that restores health in any other game? No, actually, that's completely unique. Okay, to this one. I love so, that. Yes, I do. I love that too because it adds some uniqueness to the game as well. Um, before, the only ways to regain health were through, you know, certain abilities or by finding health pickups that sometimes randomly came out of enemies or randomly came out of boxes. Like little vials, yeah. Um. In this game, there's two major ways you gain health. Probably the primary way that you're regaining health is through the use of anything with a dark magic element on it, because it just leeches health Vampirism from kind of thing, yeah. Um, but then also the heal barrels you mentioned. Um, so there are heal... Just like there were always explosive barrels in Borderlands, um, and then with the introduction of different elemental explosive barrels, now they have heal barrels as well, <laughs> um, which are identifiable because they look different from every, every other barrel, and when you shoot them, oh. they explode, and they give you a bunch of health back i thought mm. at first i thought they had a little heart on them um mm-hmm. but it's, it really is just like a, a a red oval um i wish they had a heart on them because at first i'm like i don't know what this damage is well, turns out it's what, just... gra- what graphical mode are you playing in i'm playing on whatever the thing is okay. it might be a heart and i'm just not looking at it right it, it definitely is a heart oh is it okay yeah <laughs> yes. i guess i don't really a heart i just explode them <laughs> but stallion's head on it oh does it i didn't see yeah. that either around the rim of the top of the barrel it's got a little unicorn head on there i've never um, gotten close to enough to see that yeah. that's good to so know. Yeah, overall i mean but stallion's actual head is... no not her actual okay head. <laughs> <laughs> but the game is the game is fun and like i said it has no it really 
just shocked me. I did not expect the game to be as good as it is right now. 100%. Um, but they really went all out, and essentially this game could be called at this point, you know, a Borderlands 4. <laughs> um, it's a full-fledged title. It's not a piece of DLC. It's not an add-on. It's not a cutesy side story that you play once and you're done with. It is a full game in and of itself that you're probably going to want to play again and again and again if you're into Borderlands at all, especially with the class system. I mean, six classes to start with, that's more than any other Borderlands game has had, period. And then it goes on to you multi-class. Once, yes. Was it level mm-hmm. 17? What level is it? I don't remember what level it was at, but um, eventually I was able to multi-class. The, basically what it does is it lets you access two whole separate skill trees now. Um, and you get extra skill points every time you level up when you multi-class, so you can get more abilities um, more or less. So it happens near the point where you max out the first skill tree. I know that much. Um, so like I'm playing a spell shot, which is sort of the wizard class in the game. Um, and then also spec into the, the creepy dark magic user. I forget the name of now. Grave something. Graveborn yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Gra- I think it's Graveborn. Um, yes. I don't know what I'm going to multi-class as. Cause you, was it you that was telling me? Yeah. The, the cool mashup names. Um, yeah. cause you had a friend that started as a berser- berserker, which is a ice based, mm-hmm. um, ice based barbarian, barbarian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and he multi-classed with, um, he multi-classed with the stab. Oh yeah. The, the rogue basically, mm-hmm. uh, and the name, <laughs> the name was frost shiver. S H I V V E R shiver. <laughs> As in, shiv you in a prison. <laughs> yep. I love that. I think that was great. Um, so I'm excited to see what I get with my uh, with my spell caster, or whatever the fuck they're called. Mm-hmm. Spell shot? Spell shot. Spell yes. shot? I um, mean, some of, the, some of the mashup names aren't that interesting. Like, if you do spell shot and spore warden, you just become an alchemist, for example. Oh. Well, you know, um, I didn't think to just look it up and spoil everything. Jeez, Nate, now I'm checking. Well, I didn't really look these up. These are things I remember, because when you pick up armor in the game, it's always geared towards a specific class. Oh. So if you pick up armor that has multi-class on it, you will see what that class name is supposed to be. I'm I'm gonna actually go and try and spoil it mm-hmm. real quick. Uh, multi class, multi class. Right, Berserker, blah 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 blah. You know, fun. Don't just give me the. Yeah, I had a I I almost went with the um, Stabomancer because it is a you know I, I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, does it not tell me all the names? There is a Chillmonger. Oh. There's Frostwilder, Frost Shiver, of course, Gloombringer, Hexecutioner, Wildfire, Claw Stalker, Hammerzerker, Deadshot, Morticulturist, (laughs) Sporcerer. Is Sporcerer Spore Warden and and Graveborn? I think it's um, Spellshot and Score Warden. Uh, There's Trap Scallion and Mist Dancer. Okay. I'll find out what I want to choose later on, I guess, when I eventually get there. I'm like four levels away, I think. I'm mostly just... uh, The way I multi-class is just take two classes that complement each other very well. (laughs) Um, 
I mean, the classes that don't really complement each other very well, you can still get unique abilities and stuff out of them, but it's much harder to find out what your abilities are going to be and how you're actually going to use them in combat. Yeah. So, Nate, if you, from our experience with the game so far, had to give it a rating, you know, on the mm -hmm. personal ranking system, um, what do you, where do you think it would fall for you? I'm going to put it at a 4 out of 5, a very high 4 out of 5 in this case. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, like I said, it's 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 better than it has any right to be at this point. Um, I, I feel like when people heard, okay, there's another Borderlands game coming out, but it's not Borderlands, it's Tiny Tina Wonderlands, the people who were in the know remember Dragon Keep and said, oh, that was a really cool DLC, but that's all it was, was a really cool piece of DLC. That eventually got um, released as a standalone. Yeah, it got released as a standalone. Um, but then people heard about this, and they were probably like, oh, well, it's just another sort of stopgap in between, you know, now and whenever they plan to do a true Borderlands 4 or something like that, but again, it is a full, fully-fledged game in its own right. It's got replayability. Everything I've done in the game is enjoyable. I mean, even replayability built into the quests themselves. Yeah. Like, the quest I talked about where I get to choose a less evil or the true evil option. So, you know, going back on different characters and replaying those quests, you're going to have a different experience each time you play them. Um... And I feel like that's that's a big part of of this game in general. That being said, just rumors on the grapevine here. Um, they've already got another class planned as DLC for the game. <laughs> so, you know, they're this is not a game they threw by the wayside. They have stuff planned out. They have some bugs to fix and work out. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but. You know, I, I if you were a fan, fan if you played any Borderlands game and you liked it, I can highly recommend playing this one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I agree. I also throw it on the four, um, four out of five. I I like I said was not expecting anything from this. I had no interest in playing it initially. I completely fell off Borderlands. Um, when this originally was announced, I looked at it as something that I did think was interesting i love the idea um because i i actually never really played um the the original dlc um mm -hmm. but i did and i i did at least uh see a little bit of it and i saw that it played a little bit different and played with the the style of borderlands nowhere near to this level um and i mean even this we were talking about uh that the dank forest level um it's the first level where you really bring in more of the og borderlands characters as different characters well mm -hmm. technically because mr torque is still just mr torque um but no uh the bard barian um mm -hmm. i i think this is probably completely unexpected uh i kind of hit a point with their games are this not company yeah company what the fuck is this the company's name gear gearbox, gearbox. yeah um i didn't expect any of this i did not expect this from gearbox at this point um would i have spent the money on it not right away to me this would have been a wait until it's on sale like a, a deals with gold kind of thing um mm -hmm. well interestingly enough because i've been looking um there is a bunkers and badasses tabletop game really Okay. Yes. It's published by a company called Nerdvana Games. Um, they have a source book and a deluxe edition available. 
Um, but they have everything in it from gun cards for various guns you can get. Uh, they have miniatures of Vault Hunters from, I believe, Borderlands 2 in there. That's yep. kind of awesome. They have standees for different enemies, and they've got, let's see, one, two, three pre-written campaigns already. So you have everything you need to basically play an alternate version of D&D &D set in the Borderlands universe if you want. Yeah. One of the campaigns they have literally is Tiny Tina's Assault and Dragon's Keep. <laughs> that's that's awesome. I had no idea about that. Um, but no, yeah, uh, I, I, I love the world that they've created within this. Um, I personally am a fan of Tiny Tina. I know a lot of people do not like the character. Um, I'm I also just, I, it's, it, I'm a big fan of the, the voice actors too, because they are yeah. fantastic. Um, one thing I did want to give them credit for, and I think we touched on it a little bit when me and you talked about it while we were playing last night. Um, I was pleasantly surprised by some of the character creation choices. Um, and by that, I mean, one, it was not male and female body type. Mm -hmm. It was this one and that one, which, yes, comedy, haha, but I enjoyed that. Yeah. But even to the other level where they, at the bottom of your character creation sheet, you they gave you pronouns. You can do he, him, uh, she, her, they, them. I don't remember. It didn't allow you for any kind of splicing of it. Um, no, it did not allow you to splice them, but the benefit But the fact that they had that at all... Yeah, well, it's the fact that they have that at all, and what a lot of games now are doing is working that into their dialogue, mm -hmm. right? Because it's not just a cosmetic choice applied to your character, it's if you choose it, that's what characters in the game start referring to you by when they're speaking to you, yeah, <laughs> or speaking about you. Um, and so it's, I understand that some people are like, oh, whatever, it's inclusivity and blah, 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 but it's an important choice for a lot of people to feel like they have a space now in the realm of gaming um, Did I expect it to be in fucking Borderlands in any way? No, no. <laughs> no. Um, but but hey. it shows that it shows that Borderlands, despite or Gearbox, despite the shenanigans of their CEO, are um, you know at least making an effort in certain places, <laughs> um, even if it involves using comedy to make that effort. So <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It's it's it's. <laughs> my mind goes to like thinking of where they use comedy to touch on a topic like that. I'm thinking my mind goes back to fucking um, South Park where the difficulty scale was your skin color. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, I still can't believe that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but here's uh, is, to a lot of people that makes sense though. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, God, God damn. Game, it's so weird how certain games touch on serious uh, on serious topics like that, um, mm. or bring up things like that, and I I, I support it. Uh, do it. Yeah. Don't fucking act like it doesn't exist. Um, but back back to the game itself. Yes, is it glitchy a little bit? Did I have a character have no animation jump from one platform to another? Yes. Um, <laughs> but did I tipos. did I care? It would no tipos either. It was just no standing straight up. Um, I want to see tipos jumping. That would be <laughs> funny. Um, but it, it's it's great. I love it. I definitely give it like we said the four out of five. Uh, I would not. Uh, I, yeah, I think I already said it. I would not pay it pay full price just because it's it's not my kind of game where I'm going to spend that much time in it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
so high recommend high recommend from both of us um i think most of our friends that do play this are also gonna also also gonna also also gonna give it that um mm -hmm. i'm sure dave has already found a way to glitch a character to max level uh, <laughs> <laughs> um oh you know what i will say Dave or Reed has found that out because Reed would have been finding a way to break all the guns and get yeah. max damage on them. Um, I will say that my biggest disappointment with the game is that they somehow they kept they brought claptrap back. Claptrap back. I don't need claptrap. <laughs> I'm really hoping that I, that's it. Well, here's the thing about claptrap in this game is you get him in small doses, and I've only had two side quests that involve him. He's not a major player in the story. He's not in your ear all the time. You know, he's not rolling around the main town bugging you to do stuff or That's interacting true. with too many of the main <laughs> characters. He's very much taken a backseat this time around. Claptrap is a staple of Borderlands, but his gimmick was kind of played. <laughs> All right, Nate. Well, is there anything else you want to talk about on on that topic or any other topic tonight? We can say it's today. No. We can joke and say it's actually 3 o'clock in the morning or like yeah. 8 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> we woke up. This is the first thing we did today. Yes. No, I I think we've we've pretty much uh, hit our wrap point here. Yeah. Well, as always, if you like what you hear, if you like what we do, check us out on all the social media. Find us at Spacetime Taco. I have been Chris, aka Time O Burrito, and this has been Nate, aka a little teapot. I don't even see my name down there. I don't see either yeah, one. I don't do that anymore. It's now animated. I'm doing a thing. Future. Go inside and play video games.